Welcome to the Soul Grit Podcast. I'm Ann Taylor McNeese, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I also love Jesus, and I'm passionate about all things gospel and therapy. I created Soul Grit to be at the intersection of mental health and Christian faith. Christ followers need a place to ask questions and get answers about mental health. Join me as we dive into real stories and real questions from people who want to honor God with their hearts, souls, and minds. Hi, welcome back to the Soul Grit Podcast. This is Anne. I'm here with Megan DeVito, who is a life coach and boundaries expert out of the state of New Jersey. She's here to talk to us today about how we can implement and create and uphold healthy boundaries in our relationships. Welcome, Megan. Hi, Anne. Welcome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm so excited to connect. Yes. I love talking to people who are coaches because as you know, I'm a professional therapist. I, you know, went through all those licensure hours and everything, but, um, a lot of the good work that's being done with people who maybe don't have like mental health diagnoses, but needs just some help having healthy relationships or, um, getting their life going in the right direction. A lot of that good work is being done with coaches. So, um, Welcome to my collection of coaches on the Soul Grit um, podcast, and I'm hoping that you can help us today to understand what are boundaries and how do we use them, because I talk to clients about this all the time, but outside of some of the literature that we've read, like the Cloud and Townsend Classic Boundaries book and, and a few others that have come out since then, a lot of people don't really know, like to have a concept of what a boundary is like, oh, I'm setting a boundary with that, but they don't actually know what that is and how to do it. So first of all, let's talk about how did you get into this work? Well, I just, I want to thank you for what you do in your professional uh, career, because um, if it wasn't for mental health and therapy, I wouldn't be where I am today. So, um, so thank you for that. So, um, to get, oh gosh, it's a, it's a, uh, I don't want to be answering a long-winded question. How did I get where I am today? I got where I am today, uh, because I never had boundaries growing up and in my early twenties. So I had to learn how to build, a strong foundation for my family. I had to learn how to do that heavy lifting of uh, building those boundary muscles and what it looks like actually to implement them. So I had to go through all this life experience, um, starting with a therapist, you know, first um, going through a lot of uh, childhood trauma, uh, break in generational cycles. And again, to the point where I was like, you know what, enough's enough. Um, I need to do what's the best for my family and for myself. Yeah. So you mentioned that in your family, like you didn't understand what boundaries were. You didn't have boundaries growing up. Can you just give us like some, a little picture of what that was like growing up in that kind of family? Sure. I didn't know what boundaries were growing up because it wasn't a language. It wasn't implemented. It wasn't, um, we didn't have boundaries. I, I came from a very, very lenient, um, upbringing. Um, no, I'm not blaming my parents. It's just that, um, it's what they knew. Um, we were more like they wanted friends and related parent, Right. So, um, growing up, I, I started, um, being an active alcoholic at the age of 15 
And that lenient, um, no boundary, the boundaryless lifestyle just kept feeding into my early twenties. Um, so I was really, I was really clue, clueless when it came to what my boundaries were. And then also boundaries of others actually too. And did that feel uncomfortable when you first started learning about boundaries? Such a great question. It was so uncomfortable. Um, I have a tendency uh, to be a people pleaser, to make everything right, to, um, and I, I, I go back and um, I go back to my alcoholism and, and that's why I drank, I believe so much because I was taking on so much emotion of the dysfunction that I was in. So I would try to take care of everyone and then I just needed to self-medicate, right? So when I started and when I got sober and I started implementing boundaries, it was so uncomfortable that it was painful. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was a painful experience, I would have to say. Yeah. Did you get a lot of pushback from other people around you? Yes. I got tremendous amount of pushback and, and, um, people, you know, and you could read the memes and the graphics that say, you know, people that don't honor your boundaries are the ones that don't have them. Right. They're the ones that have the boundary problem. And I mean, it got such bad pushback where I actually had to, um, break relationships and disconnect from uh, parents and a brother because they didn't understand the boundaries that I, I needed to put in place for the health and the well-being of myself, my sobriety, and my husband and my children. Yeah. So can you give us just a, what definition, what's your working definition for a boundary? Yeah. Um, to, well, my working definition is that boundary is that it's that line. It's, you know, it's that line of, um, what you're going to tolerate and what is what you're not going to tolerate. It's the alignment in our, in our core, in our soul of, um, what is, what are you going to entertain emotionally, physically, and, and mentally? What, what space are you going to let that in? You know, I'm a very visual person. So if your audience is visual, I just want to give you a visual. It's that gate of your garden. Like, what are you opening up? Um, what gate are you opening up and what are you letting in and what are you letting out? Because as we are gatekeepers of our heart, right? And um, it's our responsibility to watch that and guard it with all diligence. Mm -hmm. Can you give an example of a type of boundary that you had to set with your family? Sure. Um, when my son was first born, um, we, um, I was dealing with a very, uh, I didn't know then, but I was dealing with a very unhealthy, um, mentally unhealthy mother at the time. And when I, my son was born, things, our relationship was not great. It was not good, you know? And, um, she wanted to, um, see my son, you know, and, um, come and see him. And I said, you know what, mom, until things are right with us, then I can't have you come and see our child. And he was two months old. And, um, that's when, you know, that was the first boundary that I put in place and they didn't honor it. And, um, she took me to court for a grandparent, right. Six months later. Oh my mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, so like talk about boundaries, right. You're just saying, you know what, let's make things right. Let's mm -hmm. talk it out. You know, you cannot change what you don't confront, right. We need to talk these things out. I probably wouldn't have done that 
if I didn't have my spouse, I met, I met my husband, I met, we married, he was healthy. Um, he, he was kind of guiding me of like, what's right, what's wrong, but also to, and I'm sober now at this point in my life and that core. And, and I want to encourage your audience that that core, that spirit. And if you're spirit led and, and, and you walk with Jesus, you know, in your heart, what feels right and what feels, feels wrong. Like the Holy spirit indwells in us and we know instantly. So for so many years, all my life, I was laying down that spirit. I was putting it aside to deal with the flesh of other people. Mm. Makes sense, right? So if you're spirit led, God will always protect your boundaries because you're honoring him in setting those boundaries. How do you help people understand what a spirit led boundary might be for themselves? Well, what I, I like to look at, I mean, we're, we're talking about like the really one-on-one start of our work together. And usually I mean, my life was a messy Jenga game, right? All over the table. Right. And uh, uh, most of my clients, that's how life is, right. It's, a, it's messy. And I always say in our mess, God's never confused. Right. But we have to come back to his family alignment. We put the Lord first, our spouse first, if we're married, our children and everything else there, he honors that. And everything starts coming together on a strong foundation. But once we're taking our mother's emotions and we're taking our coworkers emotions and we're taking, um, you know, uh, what this person said, and we're taking all these emotions that don't belong to us. That's not what God wants from us. So everything feels messy. Yeah. When people come to see you, like, and people hire a life coach for a lot of different reasons, right? Like, do they know that they're having a hard time with boundaries. No, no, they don't. And no, it could be something else. It could be their spouse. It could be food. It could be, um, I mean, it, you, it's life, right? It's life. And I, I didn't know. I didn't, I, I didn't know that I, um, lacked boundaries. And after even like feeling like I mastered boundaries, that topic of, you know, I got addicted to the hustle, you know, after so many years of, of, of being sober, like my boundaries again, broke. Right. So it's going back because I wasn't in God's family alignment. I wasn't in his alignment. Right. So a lot of people don't understand. They don't know. They don't have that. They haven't taken that inventory of what feels broken. They just know that it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And so it sounds like you're saying, and you had learned to set boundaries in some of these relationships, like with your parents, for example, but then you got, you know, on a different course of life and things were going better in that relational department. And then you have to also figure out like, oh, what are my boundaries in work or yeah. church service or what, like whatever it is that you're doing, that's taking up a lot of your time and energy, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I did, I got it. I got addicted to the, um, hustle culture and, um, you know, I was just talking, um, recently about this and the definition of, of hustle, it's force. It's, um, it's, there's nothing, um, there's nothing uh, easy about the hustle and in our culture, you know, we get caught up in the hustle culture. And for so long, I thought, you know, you're weak. If you're not in the hustle culture, that work, it was everything that was driving me, you know, the, and uh, the performance. Um, but then God checked me and 
And you know what it is, Anne, too? I think I feel as if, and I see this in my work, in the work I do with my clients, when we eliminate so much noise, right? When we eliminate that noise, we can hear from our heavenly father what he wants for us. But we're so caught up in the noise of others and the noise of the chant of the hustle and the noise of the chance of the mommy hustle or ministry or whatever that is, other people's baggage, that we don't know what he truly wants from us. So that's the first thing about putting boundaries in place, right, is silence in the noise. And then the silence is uncomfortable. And it could be a waiting season. It could be longer than you want. But then you start hearing from him what he wants from you. That's God honoring boundaries. So when somebody first comes to meet with you, is that like, are we talking about spiritual disciplines here? Or like, are we removing some things first? What would you say your process is? Yeah, we're removing, we're doing the weeding of the heart. You know, it's that landscaping of the heart. We're getting all those weeds out. Um, you know, um, with, um, therapy, you're, you're a therapist, but you know, it's really like kind of, um, digging up the, this, the hurt, the trauma, right. And now we do a little bit of that, but we want to know as a coach, I want to know where, where do you want to vision your life in a year? How are we going to get there? Here's tools in place. Right. But until you have that forgiveness of your heart, right? It really starts with that forgiveness. It might be of others. It might be of yourself, but it's that inventory of what's going on in the heart. So we could change it, right? So we can, we can confront it, we can change it, and then we can move forward. You have people that come in sometimes that they think, uh, I got a goal. I need a coach to help me get to this goal in the next year. But then you realize this is a deeper, like a mental health or a trauma issue. Oh gosh. Yes. I mean, um, it always gets, it always gets good and you know deep right after a couple of sessions in, right. And then we start seeing, and it could be like, just like heavy sin on their heart or something that they've never shared with anybody in their whole life. Right. And it's trauma and it's working through that. Some I've only had maybe two clients where I really feel as if I can't help them because they really do need inpatient or they need more of a therapy, uh, because they're not coachable. Right. Because they're, they just need, they just need more of a professional, um, a different professional help in that aspect. But a lot of my clients, um, that come that God has uh, blessed me with, yep. It's getting, um, it's getting all that stuff out and throwing it to the curb and like, okay, now let's, let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. If you've listened to the soul Grit podcast for even one episode, You know, my guests and I believe that when we integrate the power of God with the wisdom of modern psychology, we get supercharged healing, change, and growth in counseling. As a Christian therapist, however, I realize that there are many practitioners out there who are personally Christians but don't know how to integrate their faith into their counseling practices. That's why I created the e-course, Faith Integration for Therapists. In this premium five-module course, therapists who love Jesus will learn everything from understanding their calling to marketing their practices to Christians to adapting evidence-based interventions to honor our faith. You can learn more about the online course at www.soulgritresources.com courses and send an email to info at soulgritresources.com to receive a discount code. 
Uh, it sounds like when you are starting to work with somebody and you're getting to know them and you're trying to figure out, you know, what are the goals that they have and how that, how they would like their life to be. Yeah. You're saying first it's the weeding out of all of the junk that's preventing them from really aligning with God's purpose for them. Right. What, what comes after that? Um, It's really, it, it's getting well, they have their vision in place, right? Um, and then we're gonna weed out their heart. And then it's it's really putting pen to paper of where they want to go. And you know, I'm a coach. And if you think of anybody like the NFL, the football, like football or baseball, any athletes, athletes or any even professional person, like singer, they need a coach to help them, right? So it's really and they're responsible to do the heavy lifting right? I'm going to give them tools in place, but what is it they want? So, Anne, you come to me and you say, okay, and in six months from now, I want to be completely aligned in my career and everything. Okay. We're going to do that. Right. But it's, it's putting those personalized plans in place, but it's, it's the, um, the client that is going to do the heavy, heavy lifting to get that transformation. So in, in general, I think it's, you know, very personalized one person. Yeah. and as therapy is as well, but, and do you have like a basic framework that you use to help people figure out what boundary they need and then how to implement it? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. And and then also I just wanted to kind of, I just had a vision of, you know, like a trainer, right? Like you're going to go work out, right. And it's your responsibility to do the workouts, right? But it's the trainer that's going to come alongside and push you, right? And that's exactly what coaching does, right? In a in a loving way. I don't want anyone to be scared, right? Yeah, like we're going to implement, like, but I don't want anyone to be scared, right? Like it's not <laughs> scary, right? Um, so to go back to your question, so um, to reframe, I'm sorry, you asked if um, can you repeat your question? I'm so sorry. Yeah. So is there a framework that you okay. use? Once you've gotten to that point, like how do someone, how does someone figure out what's the boundary that they need and how to implement it? Okay. Thank you. Um, it really is. Um, for example, if it's, if it's getting honest of the situation of what's going on on it, it needs to be honest first off. And then if it's say, for example, a spouse that is in active addiction, right? Right. Well, what is it that, that, what do you need to protect yourself in this? And sometimes it is making hard life changes, right? Um, we go to the Bible. I'm, I'm just, I'm biblically grounded. What does the Bible say about this situation? Right? So we're going to see what the Bible says about this situation. We're going to dig into it and then start making those, um, making the changes that they need to make to have the piece of the treasure, the treasure of peace. Mm-hmm. What are some of the obstacles that you see Christian believers come against when it comes to boundaries? So good. They feel like it's um, that they are offending people, that they're hurting people. If they put boundaries in place, they feel like they're not putting their family first. If they're putting boundaries, it's all, it's all the lies, right? It's the lies. A lot of women, um, their self-worth isn't strong enough in Christ yet to know that they deserve to have boundaries. Um, so, um, that's a lot. And then also too, is there's so much with a person. I mean, even if like they say yes to everything because they feel as if that's what the Lord wants, but yet they're not being still enough to ask him, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. They're not putting those boundaries in place, those mental boundaries, those emotional boundaries in place to say, okay, God, what is it that you want for me? What is it? What what do you want me to do? Instead of having to say yes to everything. Yeah. I see a lot of times, um, Christian women, men too, but, um, this feeling like, well, I'm called to forgive 70 times seven. And so that means I'm going to continue to put myself in a harmful situation because I have to forgive them or God calls me to love despite all the crap that they're putting me through, you know? And so it's a kind of a mixed up idea of what love and forgiveness looks like, Mm -hmm. um, putting yourself in a, a position where you can't grow and thrive because you're allowing a behavior for somebody else. That's, that's a great point. And like forgiveness is for us, not for them, right? Our, the forgiveness is for our, our hearts to get right. Um, but however, we are, yes, we are supposed to forgive, but we're not supposed to be doormats in the process, right? And we can forgive in silence, right? We can ask the Lord to help with forgiveness and forgive with him instead of having to make an amends to somebody personally and also um being in a, in a harmful relationship or even just a toxic friendship. Like how many of your clients I'm sure get enmeshed in the toxic friendships. And then there's a terrible friend breakup and it's devastating. I mean, I, I experienced one myself and, um, it usually happens when, when that person starts putting boundaries in place. Yeah. And the other person can't tolerate it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. What kind of themes are you seeing with, uh, I'm, I'm assuming you work primarily with women. Um, mm-hmm. what are the, what are the kinds of boundaries that today's 2023 woman needs? Yeah, I would say definitely with the, the hustle culture is one thing because we're putting our worth in, um, our careers and then God has equipped us with these families that are just such a blessing. And we, we kind of believe the lie that our kids are a distraction, you know, and it's like, and we're, we're just because we're on this performance driven providing production. So that has a lot, that's a lot of the women that I see. Um, and then a lot of marriage issues where, you know, um, people take on their husband's uh, or their spouse's emotions and their, their addictions and their narcissistic ways, and just kind of like working through that. And that, that's, that's pretty much a lot what I see. I'd say like recently, like, I feel like boundaries came up in every session this week. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Some, some weeks are just on a, on a roll. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I would say I was seeing a lot of women who are unsure of how to implement boundaries with their spouses. Um, a lot of times it comes down to who has the responsibility for the mental labor of the house, the physical mm-hmm. labor of caring for the house or the children, the financial responsibilities. And, and it just feels like kind of like a free for all or my way or the highway kind of thing. And so a lot of people feeling stuck in like, how do we change this system? If mm-hmm we're stuck in these ruts. Yeah. You know, um, in, in a marriage, it's hard because, you know, um, 
their irresponsible behavior. You know, if you if you're coming in at a ten, and this is you know a part of um, Lisa Turcotte's and her boundaries book shares about this, and I've I've worked with this with clients. But if you're coming in at a ten with your responsibility, and your spouse is coming in at a three. Are we sliding down to meet that three or are we staying at our 10, right? And usually what happens is we keep sliding down, we keep sliding down, we keep sliding down. So now we're both a mess. Yeah. Right. Like we're just messy. Um, but with this, with that, with the, with the levels of that, that, that confusion and, and, and the, the communications just probably messy and not everyone's hearing each other. It is, it's just, it's stripping back. What distractions do we have in place that we can't work together to run this household? And it's usually the distractions. It's some kind of distractions that needs to have boundaries around. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Do you see that? For, of course, like there's kids sports or there's um, too much work or there's, you know, other activities that we get involved in, whether it's video games or another community or whatever. Um, There, for a spouse that wants to be able to change that, but their, their partner does not, does not see a problem because they're the one that is getting taken care of, you know, like, how would you work with that? Well, um, you know, it needs to be addressed because of the resentments are going to come in, right? And you're going to be storming around the house with all these resentments and then your heart's not right. It's the landscape in the heart going back to that. Um, it is, I encourage majority of my clients to get in counseling, marriage counseling, right? Because I can't work with you and you can, you're going to try to control your husband when we're off screen. Like it, it's just not going to work. Right. However, if you want to work as a team, right. And these are your expectations that we're missing each other. I love you. I miss you. We're not our best. Then we need counseling. And it's pretty much Christian counseling that I would recommend. And then it's, it, then you see the accountability of the spouse saying, yes, I'm willing to work on this. Right. But when they're not willing to work on it and they're not willing to work on it and they're not willing to work on it, it's either then there's some hard choices that have to be made. And I'm not saying, you know, and the marriage, I'm not saying that, but it's, it's doing um really the hard decisions of what you're going to tolerate and what you're not biblically, right? Like biblically, like what, what are we going to tolerate? Yeah. That's some hard stuff. <laughs> it is. And it's, it, it is. And, but it's, it's that, that counseling. I've majority of my clients have um been able to get their spouse into, um into a counseling session. And I've, I've counseled, I've counseled some of them. I'm not a marriage counselor. I'll come alongside some of them and say, this is what I see both of your sides, but this is what we, you guys really need, you know, because let's go back to the family alignment. Are we putting our spouse first, right? Are we putting God and our spouse first? No, it's messy Jenga game. These, these pieces just need to be uh, placed to, you know, placed properly. Yeah. If you could give just a couple of tips to our audience, what what's the thing you most want people to understand about this? Mm-hmm. Um, to eliminate, um, the distractions and to implement boundaries, you have to hear from him, the Lord, you, there's no way because my flesh, I could set all the boundaries in the world, but it's, I'm not, if I'm not in his will or his spirit, they're going to crash tomorrow. 
right? I don't want to have to keep re I don't want my clients having to keep rebuilding, right? Because, you know, and the boundaries aren't for us. They're for our children. They're for our legacy. And, and I don't mean that in a, like a small, I like, I'm really serious and passionate about that because the way that I implement the Sabbath in our lifestyle as a family, like the, my children know what it's like to Sabbath. Well, right. They're going to hope to pray, pray to God that they're going to be able to take that and implement that in their families. Right. However, if I'm with my spouse and he doesn't lift me up, come alongside me, um, support me, right. Just like I need to do with him. What am I teaching my kids? What a marriage looks like right? It's not about us. It's never about us at the end of the day, right? It's about what we're, what God has given us, you know, our children for their legacy. So that's what, um, that's what, um, I, I got it off on a tangent. I am so sorry. I, I like off. to hear what you're passionate about. <laughs> I am. I am. I, and it is, it's eliminating those, all those distractions, to get to the core, to listen to the Lord, to ha have that treasure of peace, not only for you, but for your family and your, and your children. And now Megan, I do, I totally get that because that is one of my goals for my family as well. And for the families that I work with, I also work with a lot of single women. Okay. So there has to be a value in that too. Even if you're not raising your own biological or adopted children, mm -hmm. like they're, is a value for you having a boundaried life. Right? Yeah. 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 There's the, oh gosh, I do have I do have clients that are single women. Um but also too, you know, where like we're gonna do the boundary work of where where are you putting all your emotion? Where are you putting all your efforts, right? Where are you finding your joy, your peace and contentment, right? And it might be, it might, they might need boundaries on where they're paying attention to things or over committing or achieving. Um, so yeah, there is there's a lot of work to be done there. That makes sense. I see yeah. sometimes with my single women, it's uh, some of them it's career. Some mm -hmm. of them, it's the friendships, like you mentioned, the toxic friendships. Some of it is the dating world. Yeah. You know, or some some of it is just um, kind of like an internal focus about all of the uh, the emotional turmoil that's inside that's causing them to uh, have difficulty interacting with the rest of the world. Wow. And I think it's, it comes down and to a lot of the self-worth, right? Knowing who they are in Christ. Once we know, like, once we eliminate our self-worth and other things, people, emotions, work, and once we know our self-worth in Christ, there's a freedom to that where the chains are broken and you're like, yes, like I am good. Yes, I can accomplish this. Yes, I am in his will. And life isn't easy, but it's more joyful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I have so much more hope for my people who are, you know, loving the Lord, even if it's, the, you know, they're having a hard time with it. Those that don't have that relationship with God, it's, it's harder for me to have hope for that. Yeah. Um, and 
you are put in their life for a reason, right? And it and it's it's you know it's planting it is planting those seeds, you know, and and there and any client that you have that doesn't walk with the Lord, they're just blessed to have you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, like we're here to promote like human flourishing, right? <laughs> like, like, and mm-hmm. I do believe that I can help a lot of people to have better lives, better internal external lives, um, even without you know, talking about the Bible in every session, saying, Mm -hmm. are you for you? Like, I I don't say those kinds of things to clients who are not believers, but, um, they're, they're going to get to a certain point where they can have more health. Obviously we see people around us who are not believers who have really successful, healthy lives. And yet I still feel a little bit sad that like, oh, you're just missing this key ingredient that would just take it take it all the way. You know what I could share with you? Um, let me, I'll share something professionally from, for you. Um, I do have clients that, uh, I, before I became a certified Christian coach, obviously I, I coached mainstream, whatever, you know, secular whatever. And I, I, I do have, I did have previous clients that didn't walk with the Lord. Right. But what I did was pray for them. Right. I had to get my prayer life straight as a professional, as a mom, as a wife, that, that's going back again to the boundaries, right? I had to make it intentional time every morning, right? To have that time, write out my prayers and it's taken time, right? It wasn't like it's right, but that's part of the boundaries that God honors. And some of those clients come to me and they say, I just got a new believers Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Or what is it? Tell me, tell me what it's like this Jesus. You say, tell me more. Right. So we, as followers of the Lord, if our, if we are so distracted, how are we going to pray for people that we come encounter with? Right. Like, how are we going to pray for our communities and the people that we are supposed to pray for? But when we have those boundaries in place, we could do what he wants us to do and then pray for the other people that we don't, and we don't, that we want to have hope for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and my clients that aren't walking with God probably just don't know that while they're telling me about all the things that are going on in their lives, like I'm currently in the moment, like, you know, it's like reflecting, they're telling me and I'm bouncing that back up to God because I know that's sometimes the only intervention that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah, it's so true. Right. And it's like, so it, that's just a, such a beautiful thing. And, and they have you and they're so blessed. They don't even know it. Right. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, so I um, would like to ask you, what are the resources that you would re- recommend for people to understand more about this? So I would, um, I would actually do a, um, almost an in- inventory. Okay. okay. I would, I would do an inventory of what look what the boundaries look like in your life or relationship, whatever's coming up for you. And I, I actually do an honest inventory. And then you start, I'm not, I'm not a, I, I'm not a big fan of journaling myself, but I know the power behind it. Right. And I, I encourage my clients to do it and I have to do it because it's uncomfortable. And once is once I start doing it, right, it gets easier, but it's that journaling, right? Because let's journal out where, the hurt or the boundary areas coming in. So then you know how to address it. Start with the inventory first thing off. You know, 
I shared this um, yesterday. Um, we were talking about like, how do you know if you have a problem with the hustle culture, right? Well, we need to take an inventory. When I used to go to the doctor and I was in my drinking years and they asked how many drinks I had a week. And I said three to five. And I was never honest about it because I never wanted to address the problem, right? But once we look at the honest inventory, then we can start addressing where our attention needs to go with that. So it's really doing the um, the inventory of the heart. That's good. Now you mentioned Lisa Turker's book. I, I'm mm-hmm. assuming you're talking about good boundaries, goodbyes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what other books or podcasts or articles are you using? Um, well, I I just oh my gosh, I use a, a plethora of, <laughs> of of books. I you know. I want to, like, I just read starved, um, it's why we need spiritual diet change. And I, and I, I I love this. Right. And, um, yeah, so it's Amy, um, it's S E I F F E R T Amy S E I F F E R T. And it's from moving us um, from tired and anxious and overwhelmed to fulfilled, whole and free. Right. So this is, this is, was a good read. I just read. And, um, I also have boundary boss that I just started reading. Um, yeah. So I, I do love, um, to get into those books. Um, one of my favorite books on the hustle, it changed my life is, um, obedience over hustle. And it's uh, about the, this, uh, striving heart. And that talks about mommy hustle, church hustle, work hustle. And it just talks about the hustle and the chant of that noise and how can, um, how can we hear from God through all of that? Okay, great. Well, I always end every interview by asking, what are you doing for soul care? Oh my gosh. I Sabbath. Well, I Sabbath well. So, uh, weekends are, um, Sabbath. I worship well, Sabbath well. And then, um, we're really big on staycations. Um, right now for my, my family. And it's to the point where we staycate, uh, probably once a week, um, during our, our, and we unplug from technology and we just make our home or our local area, just a vacation spot so that it has been really fun for us. Good. That sounds like some great ideas. <laughs> well, how can people find you if they want to know more about what you do? Thank you. Um, you could go to my website. It's uh, help. You could find it two ways, helpwithboundaries.com. Or my name is Megan with an H, megandevito.com. There is a free guide on my website. It's how to have strong boundaries in five minutes. Okay. I, I have a scenario. I give you the verbiage and, and walk you through step-by-step on how to get those right words in place aligned with uh, with your heart and the Lord on have those strong boundaries. And you could also follow me on uh, social media, Megan DeVito on Facebook. Okay, good. I'm going to put all of those links into the show notes and then people will be able to just find you in one click and get going on their boundaries and also maybe look at some of those other resources, those good books that you're recommending. So if you have been listening to the Soul Grit podcast for a little while, you know that we did a whole series on rest and Sabbath in the fall of 2022. If you're a new listener, you might want to go back and check out some of those episodes so that you can do what Megan has been teaching us about having boundaries around your time and your rest. So So thank you for being here, Megan. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's an honor, Anne. Thank you. 
The Soul Grit Podcast is a production of Soul Grit Resources. You can find more at soulgritresources.com or on the socials at Soul Grit Resources. You can email me at info at soulgritresources.com.